0: Sweet Mavens out there, you're listening on the menu with Ann and Peter Hague, and I already gave you a clue what we're talking yeah, about. This, in this, is, this is
1: sweets for the sweet, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the story is. Well, there's so many good things out
0: there. It's just it's amazing, um, pure good quality products. We're going to start with um, a, a jam and jelly operation called Josephine's Feast. And, boy, did you love those. I barely got a taste of those.
1: I, I ate them, right, them right out of the jar. Right out of the jar. With a spoon.
0: So, but anyhow, so we're going to be talking uh, to the founder of this, Laura O'Brien. And uh, let's listen to what she has about how she started this fabulous business. Laura O'Brien, you have had so much fun in your life doing so many different things. Um We're going to be talking to you about your latest, the product that we absolutely adore. Uh, Your company is Josephine's Feast. Named after what, your granddaughter?
2: Actually named after my daughter.
0: Your daughter, okay. Yes. Very good.
2: She's she's 17 now, and she used to work with us at the farmer's market. She's, She's sort of off into her own space right now and not as interested unless, she wants to make some money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I have a, a.
1: You can always buy. You can always buy. A
2: senior in no. When I was a senior in high school, my uncle came to me and said, "Oh, you need to go into accounting. That's that's uh, that's where it's at." Accounting. And accounting. Oh. And I just shook my head, and oh, I went dear. off to Pratt, which is a an art school in Brooklyn. Right. And I studied art history and fashion design. Having no pro- there was parties every night and there was oh'm sure fashion shows <laughs> and New York was in a very different place than it is now so we had a lot of fun and uh-huh. um, I worked for several different fashion houses and at one point I decided I wanted to, I, I worked for Perry Ellis for many years as well and I traveled a lot uh doing trunk shows so I went down south I went to the Dallas area and I went to California and I and I was on an expense account here's this you know 24 year old with an expense account eating at the best restaurants in the country so I became <laughs> quite an exceptional foodie and it was wonderful because I was in high end stores the buyers l- needed to be entertained and we had we had a, a, a wonderful opportunities so let's put it that way for you know, to develop our interests as well as our business skills. And at one point, my husband was going to move to California to work for Intel, and I said, well, maybe what I should do is go to cooking school and see what I can do in another universe, because I've always liked cooking and I, I really enjoyed making things. So I went to cooking school with the intention of working for David Boulay, Again, mm-hmm. a very top tier restaurant, and people and the the head of my cooking school said, "Well, I you know I don't know that we can guarantee you a job there, but we can get you an internship." And I wore my most beautiful turquoise coat and walked in for an interview with the sous chef. And he <laughs> called David over and he said, "I want you to meet her." <laughs> and at the time, I was the oldest woman in the kitchen. I was the oldest oh, person, wow. and a woman in the kitchen. And they a put woman in the, in the kitchen, kitchen to start with, All right? Right. And they put me at first course garde manger and I had a wonderful opportunity because I had the ability to watch and learn for I think I made two hundred and twenty dollars a week and I probably worked more hours than any job in my life.
3: And yeah, it was wow, wonderful is...
2: because you you learn. I mean I had I had a bunch of young men around me who all went to CIA and they showed me how to cut and chop. Although I had very good skills from my own training, you know they were willing to spend time with me, and I worked there. And then I moved on to California because my husband was was now transferred to California. He was working here in New York for Intel, mm-hmm. and then he went to California. And um, I picked up as much staging experience and cooking experience that I could in the year that we were out there.
0: I tell you who did you work with? Who did you start um, with?
2: I spent I spent a week at Chapinese, just one week, uh, and yeah. that was that was all I could do. And um, I just really enjoyed the farmers' markets and working with fresh produce. I mean, I, the first time we went into a grocery store out there, we were just marveling at the tomatoes and i think it was a yeah. bond supermarket which is not really an exceptional market but it was just the produce was so wonderful so i would travel up a, up and down the coast buying um asparagus and artichokes and i started to buy too much so that's when i started pickling and preserving and <laughs> i did it in my kitchen but i mean we had at one point we were driving up the coast we were driving up to i think it was oregon or Probably Portland, I think, and we kept buying raspberries. We had so many flats of raspberries, you would think we were bears. I mean, that's what we lived on <laughs> for three days. You know, but it was just—you look at this, and you know, growing up here on the East Coast, you don't you don't see that glowing produce all the time. Right. And then when we moved back to New York, um, I got offered a job at uh, Vera Wang, and. I decided to go back to the fashion industry for a while, and I did all of her red carpet dressing and fashion shows. And again, it was great fun. And I had an expense account, so I was eating at Spago on the West Coast or <laughs> you know, wherever. It was fine. Um, and then I I went to um, I was uh, the people I worked with at. Ellis were at a think tank at limited brands, and they invited me in, and then the world exploded for me because we had... Um, and all of this does relate to food, and this is where it yeah. relates to food. We well, had I mean, you can us um, about the expense
0: accounts. So I mean, <laughs> right. Well,
2: that, that, was, that was the wonderful part. But at the think tank, we not only had expense accounts, we were studying branding and labeling, and we were studying trends in food, in uh, fragrance and in fashion and we had the luxury of a private jet so we traveled oh, really? the world we would go to Europe five times a year and we would eat you know any, anywhere that was the place to eat it was wonderful um, and so you learn and I spent a lot of time in the food halls in Paris and the food halls in Italy and Germany and the delicatessens and I, th- everybody was bringing home clothes, and I was bringing home big jars <laughs> of salt and yes. big jars of jam and honey and, and cases of wine. We, I would split <laughs> them in sample bags, and that's what I did. So my mm-hmm. husband finally said, you know, you're, you're really into this. He said, why don't you think about going into it in a business? And when my department folded at Limited Brands the um The Southampton Farmer's Market was starting, and I became a founding member of the Farmer's Market, and I said, well, let me put up six or 12 flavors of preserves, and let's see what this looks like. So I sort of took a crash course at Cornell in the proper way to preserve because you need certifications and things like that for your insurance and your kitchens and, and whatnot. And there was also a community kitchen I could work in, And the first few years, I sort of honed my skills and developed a flavor profile. And I was always good at handwork because I come from a design background, Mm -hmm. but it was just a terrific amount of fun, and it was a great way to bring people together. One of the gals who worked with me at Boulay helped me in the kitchen early on. She was a pastry chef. And we set up a small staff and worked a few days a week and produced enough jam to sell on the weekends. And that's how we started. It was a hobby. (laughs) So how
0: big are you now?
2: Um, We are still a small handmade business. We we do small batches of about anywhere from 200 to 600 jars a day, depending on what it is. You know, some things take more handwork and more time than others. But we do do all of the – we are in Italy – uh, we're in Terrain, which is part of Urban Outfitters, uh, we're in six stores there, and we do all the jam for Petrosian here in the United States, oh, so we wow. have a little private label business, so it's substantial, um, but it's not a multi-million dollar business by any stretch of the imagination. And. One of the things I really want to stress is we don't work with co-packers. We do it all. Our, we do it all ourselves by hand. That's a lot of work, Laura. <laughs> yeah, and it's, but it is you know it is a premium product, um, and you can you can tell the difference. I mean the the fruit still has some substance. There's a great texture and a great flavor and we do try to work in season with many of the farmers that I know out here in the in the Hamptons um, all of our hot peppers and berries come from this area we also work with farmers um, upstate New York and into New Jersey um, because we're now at the farmers market at Union Square uh in you said New York that City. in the notes yeah, that's, and that's amazing yeah that's that took us a while to that's get into, but we're we're very lucky to have developed relationships with a lot of farmers there, and although um, you know we we use their produce as well as the farmers out here on Long Island, so we try to keep it we try to keep it as local as possible, but we're not exclusively local. we are definitely seasonal so you know we, it's nice in the kitchen you know there's a there's a season for making marmalade and a season for berry jams and a season for stone fruits and um I think it's the way things should be done. If you can yeah, I
0: think so too. Or
2: the luxury to do it that way.
0: <laughs> right. Um it, the working with farmers is not really as easy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is you not. Know,
2: and and the pricing is never as easy as as you would think, but um, No,
0: uh, no it's We easy. we
2: work with a couple of um uh, community farms. We work with Quail Hill. We work with uh, Briarmere, which is a, a, one of the oldest fruit farms out here. We work with some of the newer farms. Um, and I, in, I, particularly when my daughter was younger, I enjoyed that process because it got us onto the farms. It got her to see where food comes from, um, yeah, which a lot of a lot of kids today don't have a clue where it comes from. They don't, and it, it breaks my heart because. Me too. It just, <laughs>
1: What do you I, mean? I it comes, also, from, it comes from McDonald's. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> wow!
2: Well, yeah, it comes
1: I, from it comes from McDonald's. Everybody knows right. that. <laughs> it's
2: it, it's, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: it's. Yeah. Well, it's, Peter, it's a, Peter's cousin, um, his child, was visiting us from England, and um, <laughs> we were so totally startled. She she spotted he was cooking whole beets on the grill. Uh huh. And so, what is that? She said. And Peter said, that's beetroot. She said, that's no, not
1: that's beetroot.
0: Not. That's not beetroot. <laughs> beetroot comes sliced beet, up beet, in a plastic bag. Beet beetroot.
1: <laughs> beet, yeah, beetroot. I
0: mean.
1: No, no, everybody knows beetroot is sliced and put in jars with red onion
2: pickle and juice, right? pickle juice. That's
1: <laughs> it. Everybody knows that. <laughs> no, I, I go. think what, I, what's a beat?
2: Yeah, we. I mean, we were we were very fortunate to be close to a CSA farm here on Long Island, and you know, we would we would pull carrots and dig potatoes, and so my daughter had that experience early on. I don't know if it makes a difference to a seventeen-year-old right now, but yeah, hopefully in her life going forward. But I also think there's. Um, another issue i think when both parents are working or it's a single parent household it's much harder to it really is a luxury to prepare fresh food Um, it's a time luxury more than anything else so we can't be too too hard on these kids but it's it's nice to have that experience and to let them know where things come from
1: but hold on hold on a minute laura you've you've been talking you've been talking up until now mostly about Vegetables, but what you sent us and we've been indulging in is the most glorious fruit jams, and you must surely be best known to them
2: well the again I, you know we we all have our good days and our bad days, and one uh-huh. of my good days was um, out here on long island in on the on the East Coast, there's something called beach plums, and they're these. Yeah, I've never had. What right. do they look like? They're these tiny little plums that are about the size of a large cherry, sometimes a little bit bigger, sometimes smaller, and they're tart as anything. And they pretty much grow in a very exclusive area. I think from Rhode Island to. There, I think there's there's some in Martha's Vineyard. I know that uh, down to about New Jersey, maybe into Delaware, for sure. Yeah,
1: they, they Cause, grow, I mean, I,
0: I spent a lot of time on East Hampton, and I never saw any.
1: Okay, well on, East Hampton has quite a bit of them. Yeah, they, they on have quite a
2: bit of them. Are they on, they
1: They're on, on bushes or are they on and the
2: bushes. The bushes need to be near the sea because it needs salt water to okay. pollinate so mm-hmm. not fresh water it needs salt water and you basically it's about two pounds of these beach plums in every eight ounce jar of gin. wow and what you have to do is they're kind of like a Niswa olive in that you have to sort of cook them down and get the pits out of them and then press them and we that's we why you have that warning on the
0: label about right the pits.
2: About the yeah. pits, yes. We had to yeah. put a put warning on
0: our label. So but, I could um, have seen them in, in East Hampton but not known what I was looking at. Yes.
2: Yeah, many people think rose hips are beach plums, but no. beach plum is a very specific tree, mm-hmm. and there were mm-hmm. there were a lot of them. And since the storms, Sandy and Irene, um, a lot of them have been sort of blown away. But the um, their roots just are... Four times as as long as they are tall, so they're mm. good for beach erosion. Uh, so Cornell has a big uh, has a big mm. uh, preference to people, you know, growing them, and they're trying to get people to breed them. But they y- you you can't cultivate them. They are definitely wild. They're a wild thing. So anyway, when I was in when I was at the market in Southampton, I was um, I had a few jars that I had made, and this little fellow comes over to me and he says uh beach plums he said uh you interested in some of them i said yeah and he walked away and he comes back with two big spackle buckets because that's what he measures everything in so he's a carpenter spackle buckets
3: and he said you know
2: <laughs> do you want these and i said sure so that became my my marriage with the beach plum he is a fourth generation forager in east hampton and he goes out and some years he gets 100 pounds and some years he gets 600 pounds of these beach plums wow and that's what we make our beach plum jam with but it's it's really like a little luxury and a secret treasure and there are other people who make it but in the process of making it i also received a Good Food Award for that jam from the Good Food Foundation. Uh, that's the one you, that has it, has it on the label that you got a
0: Good right. Food
2: Award. For. Right, and that sort of helped our business early on. And then from there, we've gotten additional awards from them for other things. But um, we also have gotten a Sophie Award from the Specialty Food Association for a Strawberry and pink champagne preserves. Oh, I love that. We we just tasted that. It's it's lovely. It's really lovely. Oh, so that. We're, we're, I mean, that's we're. kind of our grown-up award. As somebody said, like the good food awards <laughs> are like the Sundance Film Festival, but the Sophie Award is like the Oscars. And then oh, in the at, and then a friend of mine said, you know, you really should try this Dalman World Marmalade Award, and she's quite a wonderful marmalade maker. Um, but she does that for herself, and I said, oh, "Really?" I said, "Let me look into this." And they are featured in Fornum and Mason. Uh, these, oh wow! These world mar. When you win at the highest level, they produce uh-huh. them for you and they label them and things. Well, um, we have gotten we have gotten four um, awards from Dalman, um, which is oh, terrific. That's great. One for our mar- marvelous Meyer Lemon one for oh, blood
0: adores that yeah
2: yeah and um it, it's just it's just wonderful to be recognized worldwide as well and oh, again yeah, those, sure. those marmalades take they take three and four days to make and oh, no, we, really when, yeah because we hand cut them and we cook them three times so you know so yeah it's it's a it's a true artisanal process I mean, how many people and, um, do you
0: have working for you? Uh,
2: when we're in the height of the season, we have as many as 12. We have two shifts. We'll work two shifts. Um, and then we have some retail specialists because we have a, a shop at Essex Street Market, um, which is right now on hiatus because of COVID. Right. But yeah. um, But actually in the kitchen, our kitchen works best when we're six to eight people working, and we're down to half that right now because of COVID and distancing right. and masks and things like that. So, But we're still working, and we're happy to do it. We just decided to slow down instead of stopping.
0: Well, that's good, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a hard decision, isn't it? But you don't, you yeah, don't well, commit... We're,
2: we're we're safe. We have – I mean, I, I work with the Evergreen Foundation here in Brooklyn, and they they sent along lots of information, and, you know, we're, we just – I think by cutting our staff, and our staff the, the, my, in half and doing two shifts, we um, – we have pods of people working together. They we're, we always wear gloves when we work. I mean, it's just what we do. We always sanitize the kitchen because we make jarred products. So we that's part of yeah, our,
0: have to do our that, safety
2: right. plan. And then on top of it is part of the COVID plan. So the only thing that we really had to put in place is face masks.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you, that you do a lemon marmalade, which is reasonably, reasonably rare. But I was telling—I was telling Anne the, the—the main retail brand of marmalade in the UK makes a golden marmalade and a silver marmalade called Sil, Silver Fred or something like that. Oh, and I have I, to
2: look that up. I—I s- just—I yeah. just. I just I I love looking at marmalades in Britain. I mean, they're just it,
1: oh, the Coopers. I the Frank, Frank, this Frank,
2: <laughs>
1: Frank, Frank. Cooper's Oxford marmalade was, for many years, considered a- absolutely the best. I suspect that somebody probably bought that brand, but you could, you'd, you'd find it, I'm sure. Frank Cooper's yes, Oxford I, marmalade. I'm,
2: and and and, yeah. It wasn't that the marmalade that was taken to. Mount Everest.
1: Undoubtedly, yeah. It, it it's yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a it's a civilian. Yeah, I think moment. I think
2: that was I mean that, the the romance behind that brand is is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. Well, what yeah. we
2: what we enjoy doing is my my okay. husband at one point got a little bored and he went to cocktail school. So he went to bartending school. <laughs> um, just in the evenings, not as a career. My mother was very upset by that, and I said, "No, no, no. He's not changing his career. He's just so." He makes a, a marmalade martini,
1: which oh, a, oh, wow.
2: a breakfast martini, which I'll, I'll send along the recipe to you. Uh, it is wonderful, and it comes from the Savoy Hotel.
1: There you go. Well, there,
2: okay,
1: they would be experts on marmalade. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, um the, of course, the, the next thing is finding we always have to look around when we're in, in uh, visiting his family um, for pickled onions. <laughs> if you ever go savory, <laughs> those big brown onions from Yorkshire, we, nobody makes them except it's there. And it's, you, you see, you're carrying all these Things back from travels in Europe. Can you imagine traveling with pickled onions? (laughs)
1: They're they're almost the size of golf balls, just to give you an idea.
2: Really, I have to look those up. I, you know, this is this is the joy of. Of, of making things and preserving things, it's finding out about these flavors. Um,
1: it's interesting.
2: I, I always say to my husband, you know, if if we were in England or we were in France or we were in Italy, we'd have a million, multi-million dollar business. But yeah. Americans aren't. They're not as um, fond of things like this. I mean, I think you still have pickle eaters and you have jam. You know, you have a certain group of jam people, but. Um, Don't you a statistic- think
1: it's gotten
2: a little better? Are, I, I would like to think it's gotten better. You know, interestingly, I have to say, we have some customers who are more traditional customers, and they, I mean, because, because we sell, we know most of our customers here in New York anyway, Um we have older customers who, you know, are looking for something that they grew up with. Oh, but yeah. we're starting to get a lot of millennials who are looking for a new experience and
0: you yeah, know particularly they're into experiences. now because
2: particularly now because they can't go to bars, bars and restaurants. <laughs> they're kind of self they're kind of, you know, self pampering themselves with things like this, which is interesting, you know. So um, maybe there's hope. Let's
0: just say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that, I, I truly think that we've just experienced a major shift in all kinds of cultural things, culinary things, markets, business plans, huge. I mean, we've been following it along with the uh, yes. COVID with our content and podcasts and the stories are amazing absolutely amazing
1: well, listen, right. we, have, we 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 have our audience drooling drooling over what they can have except the one thing we haven't told them is how they can get some
0: i was going to say we have to tell them that about how to get um josephine's feast
2: um, they can order jam. online
1: you can they can okay. order
2: the best, the best way for anyone to get our um, product, if they don't live in New York City, um, is online at JosephinesFeast.com. Right, right. and That's- we um, we keep the website updated because sometimes we make small batches of things. Like I just put up some uh, beautiful apricot preserves. Oh, wow, wonderful. That would be my kind of thing, yeah. Apricots. Yeah, it was, they they were just lovely apricots. One of the farms, uh, his, the farmer is probably my age, and I guess his mother started the farm or his grandmother, I'm not sure, but the trees are over, almost 100 years old. And I basically buy whatever comes off of, you know, a group of two or three trees. So we were, Mm -hmm. this last week, we did nothing but chop. apricots (laughs) apricots <laughs> i mean and i've I've tried to go to a more automated um situation, but you know and even a co packer, but they don't even want to touch what we do because we we really make it the old fashioned way, and we make it with our hands and with a smile, you know that's. You know, th- that's the job. As I tell people when they come in, because everybody has a quicker way to do things, and they want to oh, put yeah. it in a blender or in a roboku or something. And it's like, you know, you want those small pieces that you can see on a spoon. I always say you want two or three pieces on a spoon when you're using <laughs> a jam. You know, so they. Eh, it's- they either concede or go away, but most most people get it.
1: <laughs> we, we just we well, just we, get, we just scoop it, it out, we just scoop it out of the jar and th- <laughs> three three <laughs> jars will three jars will last us a week. <laughs> <It's> just terrible.
4: <laughs> we we love that.
1: And love you know
0: what's funny right. is you see, I mean Peter, of course, being English, has a sweet tooth. I have no sweet tooth whatsoever, and I love it. The, uh, marmalades and I love the jam, the preserves good and so that means that as far as I can tell is that you're just perfectly balanced out there and you get a, a, enough of the uh, tartness in all of these things to make them real and appealing to me well so. that's
2: I mean the other thing is we we use it, it our jams and marmalades are a low sugar. So right. we're about a third less sugar, and that's why you get more of a taste of the fruit. Right. And it's not as syrupy or coying sometimes as, you know, a commercial product could be. Yeah, was
0: complaining about his mother's. Uh, she used to use Seville oranges when they came in the season and, and do her marmalade. But they were always runny. It, was, <laughs>
1: it, it was, all, was all hands to the pump in the Seville orange season <laughs> my mother would buy bushels and bushels of them but you, but a, you had but market. you had to eat it with you had to eat it with a spoon i mean i felt you had to eat it with a spoon and my mother didn't approve of that <laughs> so so but
0: she she didn't i mean she she would tackle pizza with a knife and fork if she would even eat something she also like the queen would never go near garlic <laughs>
1: The, the the secret the secret part of your secret you haven't mentioned this part of the secret is you have an apple tree from which you get your pectin.
2: Oh yes, we um, so we so you have, can make
1: sure it sets.
2: Right, we make a an apple pectin stock, which becomes a pectin for some of our recipes. Mostly, mostly the marmalades because I can only make so much of it. But um, the tree is a pippin apple. And it's probably again a hundred years old. Um, the home that I live in in Southampton used to be an orchard, or it was on a, a property with an orchard, and that tree is one of the only things that has survived that orchard. And we can get up to forty bushels of apples off of it, and that's again how we sort of started. It I before. didn't even we know we still apples. got this. <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we we. You know, we, we had all these apples, and I said to my husband, well, I will buy you a cider press, but I think we're going to have to start making apple butter, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
0: in the fall, that's see. what we
2: do. Oh.
0: That's what well, we you do. You sound like you're having a good time with it. and product. I'm really... having a
2: terrific time because at least it keeps me busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyhow, I'm, it's been a delight talking to you meeting you enjoying your product and uh i'm, I'm happy we met keep us posted am, on what new things you do
2: i will and i'll send you out a jar of that um that apricot preserve because i'm particularly proud of that one. Oh, great all right this excited. has been a pleasure thank you so much for thinking of me well we enjoyed
0: it thoroughly Laura.
1: again Laura
2: brian everybody go
0: online for josephinesfeast.com and you're going to love it
1: <laughs> and, and thank the the lemon,
2: you so much <laughs> the
1: lemon the lemon marmalade is called silver shred
2: oh okay okay silver, i'll silver look that shred.
1: one up okay thank you so much for thank, joining thank you, today.
0: Laura thank you laura
1: And don't go away because we'll be right back after a short break
3: Podcasting services for on-the-menu radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
0: Welcome back, and we are going to be turning towards a sweet mix, but healthy, um, which is Founder, Roberta Intrater, calls a deliciously addictive,
1: giftable snack. And I, I ate a whole bag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the arrive, so, so let, let's hear about Roberta and why she was able to do that.
0: Roberta Intrater. Did I get that right? <laughs> You've got an addictive okay. product here. <laughs> birth Bites. So I told you the story about how when they arrived, my husband got to the box first, and the next thing I got was an empty bag.
4: <laughs> Not
1: fair. Yeah. So
4: anyhow. What, well, I, was what still, was,
1: I was still awake. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to enjoy, you have to, be, you have to be available to enjoy. Yes. So,
0: but now, um, I mean, we came to your attention because you are a bronze Sophie winner for 2020, what a shame the Fancy Food Show didn't go on, wasn't it? Yes. Um, we're all adapting, of course. But I'm curious about how, how? you got Burt's Bites started and when. Can you tell us this story?
4: Yes, I'd love to. Um, Burt's Bites was started out of a passion I've always had, of baking for close family and friends and really enjoying it. And then when my three boys went off to school and I had time, I was always an entrepreneur and I wanted to do some baking, but I wasn't sure what. And I knew I had a product that was excellent, that people loved, and that might have legs if I packaged it correctly. So I created birth bites in my home kitchen starting in 2015 um, as an act of love hoping that it could be a business and as it grew i moved to a commercial kitchen and um it has been welcomed by both young and old um my husband eats it right out of the bag my,
0: <laughs> my husband too
4: <laughs> exactly i eat it wasn't my sitting you just <laughs> the whole thing Whoop. Well, yeah, I I can't be responsible for him. Um, I put it on my fruit and spinach cheese in the morning. My grandchild puts it on her vanilla ice cream. Um, But on top of being delicious, it's a fabulous gift. And I was really tired of going to people's houses and taking another boring bottle of of wine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or olive oil. I mean, you know, that's nice once in a while. But we needed something special our product is packaged beautifully and it's something you'd be really proud to give as a hostess gift or party favor or thank you especially at holiday time
1: now let's let's give a definition as to what this really is what what cla- what class of gorgeous <laughs> taste does it belong in
4: <laughs> okay well it's not a granola because granolas are mostly oats and this is mostly whole almonds pure maple syrup, dried fruit, um, deliciously crunchy, good texture. And it was so good that every time I would sell it at an event, I would hear, well, I wish it didn't have almonds because I'm allergic or I don't like them. (laughs) So we created the same version and replaced the almonds with uh, corn puffs. So we offer two products. That's it in fabulous packaging, and we have been in airports, we are we are in stores, and we are doing corporate logos and logos on top of the jars. So the gift jars themselves are a special gift.
1: Now, you would call it a trail mix? Is that is that a good um, definition of it or not?
4: Maybe. You know what? That's why I say it's a snack because sure. it's like a trail mix, but it doesn't have peanuts. It doesn't have that junky stuff. It's, you know, it's wholesome, it's hearty. It fills you up and it gives you texture so that it's crunchy. And, I mean, some people don't like that. I love that. So um, it's, uh, it's a wonderful snack that we actually have started selling in bulk by the pound um, on our website only because we have followers who are tired of buying the fancy boxes. They just want the product, period. <laughs>
0: Now, did you pay attention to the healthful quality characteristic when you were developing it or you just you know wanted what? it to taste good?
4: No, you know what? I think it needs both and it does have um, organic maple syrup. So, when I have a diabetic say to me, can I eat this? The answer is no. It's got it's got pure maple syrup, which is the best sugar to eat, but it's still it's maple syrup. And I'm not going to take it out because that's what makes it yummy. So I wanted it to be yummy, but I wanted it to be healthy, and I wanted it to feel good. So um, I think we've achieved that. And there are people, if you're vegan, we have egg whites in there. And I've had a number of vegans say to me, well, can't you just take the egg whites out? But the egg whites give it a gloss. And I like that. That's yeah, I like right. how it
0: looks. You can't you know, can't please everybody yeah, you want to be- <laughs> Roberta. I mean, I I gave up on dinner parties because I <laughs> I look over the guest list and this one doesn't eat meat, this one doesn't eat fish, this one doesn't oh eat you know, you know, it's like it's yeah. like a nightmare. And I feel right. so sorry for chefs when the restaurants are open. Because
1: hey, of the news. Hey Roberto. Hey, I mean you have to pay the price, right? If you if you wanna if you wanna be a stupid vegan <laughs> you have to go without <laughs> questions. Well, you know
0: so, how much hate yeah. mail we're gonna get after that call.
1: Then, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the little the little crunchy things that look a little bit like cornflakes. Yes,
4: they are, are they? they're organic they're organic cornflakes. And they oh, they, are. Are, they okay. have great texture. Yes. So the combination, and to me, it's not too sweet. It's not. It's got a, a drop of. of That's silver, what I like about of, it because
0: I don't have that intense sweet tooth that my husband has, but because um, he's right. English. But I mean, right. I I I like it because it's so not so intensely sweet.
4: Right, right, because I'm not, I don't like too sweet. And, you know, my, my son picks out the dried cranberries. He doesn't like those. It's like, go figure. Oh, they're
0: having it. a, a moment. These, I mean, I have dried cranberries coming with all these products. I have now, you know, the um, oh, what Indian nation, the um, Native American nation uh,
1: has a... a La, the Lakota Indians. Ah.
0: yeah they they have a product which involves um buffalo meat um and and oh. it's all of their products have buffalo meat coupled with cranberries interesting and, you know so I started noticing. And all of these products are coming with cranberries. Did somebody just discover cranberries, or did they just discover <laughs> that people like them?
4: No, I, I I think they're good for you, and they taste good, and they add a little bit of different kinds of texture. So I love them, and um, it works. It works in this mix. So I feel like we have a fabulous. Um, USA Today made us a top 10 food and drink a couple of years ago, and then we just won the Saffy Award. So yeah. we validated our product, but what really makes it nice is the presentation. So the combination of the two just is very fun
0: yeah, it
1: is. and consumer-friendly.
0: Yes. T- tell me this. What did you do all those years before you invented Burt's Bites and you were raising three <laughs> boys?
4: Well, when I, that's a very good question. And in my previous life, as I always say, I was a buyer for Macy's New York, Amazing. and then I had three boys, and then and then I just I was lucky enough to get to be with my boys. I volunteered. I was. The, I thought on my tombstone they would write she was a great driver because that's what I did. I schlepped all these kids around everywhere, <laughs> and, and then they left the house, and then it was my time. And so this is something I've always wanted to do, and I'm having the best time doing it. No, you've, you've run into
0: some complications, however, with COVID. Tell us about that.
4: Oh, well, I'm one of those people that um, I flew to D.C., the D.C. area, to visit my kids February 29th, and we've oh. never <laughs> gone back. <laughs> we've never gone back. So I'm doing my business virtually from um Chevy Chase, Maryland. I have a partner in Palo Alto. Um, we had to scramble for baking because the commercial kitchen we were using was in San Francisco and it closed down. Um, so we are making it work despite all of this, and it is quite exciting. And I can't believe we've done it, but we did. Well, you're going to stay
0: in Baltimore?
4: We are. We bought. We actually bought a house a couple blocks from our kids, and really? it was. We were. We were going to do cross-country, spend a little time here, a little time there. But you know what? That's not going to happen anymore. And um, I, oh, I've had right. a couple open-heart surgeries. So I'm at high risk, and I'm not going anywhere. So right. <laughs> I, I'm here right. for the long haul. But anyway. No, you're, not it's, in, it's,
1: you're, you're not in Baltimore. You're in Chevy Chase, right? Which
4: is, I'm in Chevy Chase. That's right, right. right outside, That's right,
0: right outside right. D.C. Yes, yes. Yeah, we lived in D.C. Yes.
1: once.
4: Yeah. Oh, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've lived everywhere,
4: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's just, but uh, I guess those days are over. Wandering around, yes, we're not doing well, that Well, and much it's much also, around.
4: it's also though I've done some virtual t- uh, shows and tastings, and I've sent people samples, and you know what? It works. We can make this work. We really can, and I think, I think a lot that this
0: of this is what the that. future. We're we're actually yeah. in the future now. Because I don't think it's ever going to go back to the old way of anything. And, you know, I, I keep asking people. Um, I mean, a lot of food producers now are almost all online and to, to, home, to home delivery. That's
1: right. If we keep this up, if people continue to behave like idiots, there won't be any of us left anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, all this, please. All, this, I all, this, all this conversation is for naught. Yes, Jesus. yes, I hope
4: you're wrong. I hope you're very wrong. Oh, yeah, of course. But not,
1: yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope <laughs> I'm wrong too.
4: <laughs> but now, yes.
0: um, how do people actually, they order online? You go online?
4: Yes. Well, the easiest way is to go online, Com. B-E-R-T-S-B-I-T-E-S dot com, and um, we have free, offers free shipping over $75. And um, if we're the perfect gift item for your holiday, whether it's a thank you to the postman or a teacher or just for yourself. Um, we've got the packaging for you. Yeah, our UPS guy would love this, come to think of it. Yes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, oh, we, 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 we need to bribe him with then. the chocolate. <laughs> yes. He doesn't well, that's question any of our he might be
4: tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, we so, all need to be grateful to all these people.
0: Are you ever going to add more flavors, or you just have the formula um, right
4: now? You know what? Um, we probably will, but right now I'm focused on growing the business, and we're scaling, and I'm working with a co-packer and possibly going with someone else to do the baking so that we can focus on our marketing. But um, it's a very exciting time, and I think we can offer many more products, but right now we know that we have good, great ones. And that's all that really matters.
0: Well, you sound like you're totally in control, so <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> and I'm everybody so in your well, family's happy with this, I assume. Yes, yes, they are. They are. Well, you have to keep this posted, Berta, because I think I'd be happy you're, to. You're you're going to grow like crazy, I think. Um, I you're hope just, you're right. Well, you're going to focus on marketing, which is the next big thing, I guess.
4: That's Absolutely. right. That's right. And we have, and we actually have put our product on Amazon. If you can believe it, I never thought I would do that. But there are people who, to them, that is the most simple, the easiest way, and it seems to work. Oh yeah, I mean there's, there's, there's no work.
0: question about it.
1: It's, it's I guess
0: you, you'll be very lucky if they don't, don't rip you off on it. <laughs> well, oh, no. Please. The other
1: thing is the other thing is they're very reliable. I mean they're not, they're yes. not perfect. But we, nice. yes. we use them all the time. they say you're going to get it tomorrow, you get it tomorrow.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can depend on them. And that's the only thing that I worry about going forward is the U.S. Postal Service. Everything you read about it, I'm I'm thinking, oh, that's not true. That's not true. And I've had some delays on packages from U.S. Oh, and no, it's and true. Not, oh, it's true. It's been
2: deliberate. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm debating this. Absentee, or the the mail-in ballot. At this point, you know I don't know what's going yeah. on with the post office.
4: So, yeah, I well, it. listen,
0: we. This was a great discovery for us, and we've had a lot of fun with it. And it's a great joy to be talking to you because you're having, you're joyful, and you're having a good time in, in probably one of the worst periods of our history.
4: <laughs> well, that that is true. But thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. It's lots of success. What would be
0: a sweet program without some chocolate? Oh, I, was, I was just thinking I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, well we, we have it. It's Mayana Chocolate and we're gonna be talking to
1: Chef Daniel Hershikov. Okay, Daniel Herskovic.
3: From yeah.
1: some, from somewhere near Chicago, I think.
3: Uh yes. Um I lived in Chicago for ten years and then for the past since 2013, or for the past seven years, uh, um, I've been living in rural northwest Wisconsin, oh, wow. and that's where our, hey, hey. our Mayana chocolate factory is. Oh, so okay. I got my I, I started our chocolate business in Chicago, but I relocated to rural Wisconsin in okay, 2013.
1: That's up, near, that's up near where all the lakes are, right?
3: Oh, yes, there's many, many lakes, uh, many rem- thousands of lakes.
1: I remember making a trip into that part of Wisconsin to a large health system, the name of which I've forgotten, and it was foggy, Yeah. And it took me forever to get there, because it, it was wintertime, and in winter time, it's very foggy. Oh,
3: oh yes, and um, all the lakes are frozen.
1: Uh, anyway, you're, you're in many ways a very remarkable young man. The most remarkable oh, thank thing... You you've done is you you. walked the camino de santiago
3: oh yeah i did i did that yes with my wife please
1: tell please tell our listeners what that is
3: great question uh the camino de santiago is a pilgrimage um the most popular route is to start in the pyrenees mountains um on the fr- on the france spain border and then walk all the way on foot west to the atlantic ocean in western spain in the city of santiago um it, it's an it's it's an ancient pilgrimage um so a lot of people do it um to contemplate life and realize you don't need much in this world. And um, it's uh, you have um, spectacular days, spectacular scenery. Um, you have feelings of peacefulness. You also have feelings of, I want to get out of this place. As you <laughs> um, walk for, um, usually it takes about an entire month. To walk from the right. from but the Anne, Pyrenees Mountains to the west coast of Spain.
1: Yeah, and and Peter, actually did this, but we drove, and we and, oh. and we were amazed at the thought that people even to this day actually walk that distance. And he, oh yeah, you left, left one particularly critical thing out, which is that Santiago stands for Saint James, and Saint James was one of the prophets. Was one of the disciples? Yes. And yes. So, somehow, somehow um, yeah. after the disciples all broke up, he he finished up in in Santiago. And in Santiago, mm-hmm. if you go into the church, it's yes. full. Yes. I mean, I mean, there, yes. I mean there's no place beautiful. to sit down. There are there are literally there must be more than a thousand people crowd this church for every service.
3: Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's spectacular.
1: But that, but that's not why we're here today. We're we're here because of another remarkable transition that Daniel you you made from from being a chef, I guess, starting out, but, but becoming much mm-hmm. more than that. Perhaps you can go through your background for us, so people can understand. What, yeah, why, sure. why you are where you are and why they should be interested in hearing what it is you make. Okay.
3: Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll try and give you a brief history. Um I um, I was um, a college student, um, I at Oberlin College in Ohio.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: I um, I took some time off of college to teach English um, in Ukraine. Um, this was back in the nineties when it was a very difficult time to be living in the former Soviet Union. Yeah, right. And, um, and then I was thinking maybe I'll have a career in journalism. I just really love studying different cultures and learning about different people. And then, um, in, I had an epiphany that, um, I love learning about people and different cultures through food. Um, and this was before Food Network, this was I just thought food was a great way to connect with people and to understand people. And so I had an epiphany to study cooking. And so um, that's when my journey started. I, I graduated college. I immediately moved to San Francisco and I went to cooking school at the California Culinary Academy. Um, I tried um, a variety of things. I worked at restaurants. Um, after graduating, coli- uh, graduating culinary school, and I, I worked in San Francisco, New York, and um, and then I ultimately moved to Chicago, um, where I worked at the Four Seasons Hotel, and there we go. then then I left work. the re- yeah yeah uh, then I left the restaurant world and I started my own catering company in Chicago, where um we had a really nice clientele um, and I wanted to create a parting gift for all of the people that I cooked for and now, so that's so, when uh, somewhere
1: somewhere along the way here Daniel, you met a beautiful lady called Tamara
3: yes, exactly, thank you for bringing that up um that is um probably the best thing that ever happened to me um So I was catering a party in 2006 in Chicago, and um, there was a young lady, uh, part of the service team, and we saw each other, and truly um, it was electric from the start. Um, um, We had an amazing – you know, just sometimes you meet someone and – and it, you just have an electric connection, and that's when I met my wife, Tamara. Um, we then, um, we worked together ever since. In uh, 2006, um, we catered many parties together. Um, Tamara has a background in interior architecture, and so she would um, um, take care of, of the event planning and the um, decor, um and in all aspects outside of the food and then I would take care of the food and and I wanted to create a special gift for all of our guests to go home with and that's when I got into chocolate um, I thought chocolate was a fascinating ingredient
1: but it's interesting you see, in the background information that we got about you you said one of one of the problems was that your your parting gift truffles were way too big and you had a Get some advice as how to make them a
3: little compact. Yeah. yeah, I would say um, chocolate is an ingredient that is not always well understood. Um, even many of the great chefs in this country, unless they're a pastry chef, they probably don't know all that much about chocolate. They might make. They might know how to make a uh, molten chocolate cake or they might know how to make brownies, but, they, but to work with chocolate by itself is complicated. There are many things to consider, many variables that all need to come together at the same time, such as the temperature of your room, um, of the humidity, um, all sorts of the, the concept of tempering chocolates, um, the concept of ganache. Um, so, yes, my first experience with chocolate um, were um, not as professional as they are today. So, yes, I then became obsessed with chocolate, and I went on to seek out how can I study with some of the the people who are the best at it in um, in the world. So um, I studied with a number of French chocolatiers as well as... Um, some fantastic chocolatiers in the United States and Canada.
1: But now, now you've gone on, you've gone on beyond just making these as gifts for people who attend your events. And you're, oh you're yes. Oh Yes. You're now a, a full-blooded chocolatier, manufacturing yes. taste yes. treats made out of chocolate and a variety of other ingredients at a factory in Northwestern Wisconsin. And, Correct. And, and, yes. And, and just, just to get our listeners to pay attention, why don't you go through some of the recent awards that you've achieved to give an idea just just how good at this you really are.
3: Sure. Well, um, our, our candy bars have um, won awards, um, the Good Food Awards, most recently um, our Coconut Dream Bar um, has been a... 2020, um, finalist, and we also won, um, the winners, um, our Coconut Dream Bar also won in 2018, um, our Space, our Mayan Spice Bar won in 2018, and our, um, Space Bar also won, um, and this is an award called the Good Food Awards based in San Francisco, and, um, about 2,000 entries and our candy bars uh, were the winner, um, and and we make it all in rural Wisconsin, and it was great that we were able to travel to such a fantastic food city like San Francisco for the recognition. Um, then, a, most important to me, um, a magazine called Dessert Professional Magazine um, named me one yeah, of the right. top ten chocolatiers in North America. So that... Um, it might not be a magazine that everyone reads, but for me to be recognized by experts in the industry um, means a lot. So, um, now you so that, well,
1: you, you sent us some wonderful samples, and I have to I have you. to admit with guilt that I that, that I ate almost all of them. One okay, one of the ones I <laughs> one of the ones I don't remember seeing described in the background information you sent us was toffee.
3: Oh sure, yeah, toffee. Uh, we make that uh, during the colder months of the year, it, so we we, we usually take marbles. a little break.
1: It looks it looks like it would stick to your teeth, but in fact, if you, you 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 chomp it and it just sort of melts away in your mouth.
3: <laughs> yes, um, it, I gain weight yeah. every time we make it.
1: <laughs> I think I think I did that too.
3: Yeah, it's
1: Let, let's let's put in a word here for the packaging the Tamara department mm-hmm. because it yes. really is quite remarkable what mm-hmm. how artful the designs are and how beautifully they are in your refrigerator yes, you. before you take them out.
3: Yes, um in the world of chocolate um I believe Um, packaging is so critical. Uh, Packaging um, truly may be the most important thing um, because it makes that impression. Um, It's just so important. Uh, The design, um, when, when people receive our chocolate, to know that there's something special inside so, um, the packaging, um, is so important. And just like our recipes, just like learning about cooking, it's always evolving. Um, our packaging has, I've been making chocolate since 2007, and our packaging has always been evolving ever since then. And I believe it will continue to evolve. Um, it's kind of like, um, packaging. The chocolate industry has parallels with the fashion industry, with perfume, um, where it's not just the contents inside. It's also the shape of the bottle that will make you feel special. Or, um, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a feeling. Um, I love being in the chocolate industry because our job is to make people happy. And when you receive something that's packaged nicely, that already is that that first feeling of knowing that you're special because you have it. So um, yes, packaging is also fascinating, and now,
1: now uh, um, it's one
3: of the reasons why I love this business.
1: Now let's take one. Let's take one of the packages. You you pick it. Take one one of the little. One of the little chocolates, and describe what's in it.
3: Okay. Uh, would you like me to describe one of the bonbons that? Yeah, one of your one of, one
1: of your one of your favorites.
3: Okay. Um, well, um, one of my favorite um, is actually one of our full-size candy bars, okay. um, the Coconut Dream Bar. Um, it it's a It's a one hundred gram candy bar, which is about three and a half ounces and um I think this is the best coconut candy bar in the world um okay we make um we combine this super yummy coconut cookie we call it a cookie, but it's more like coconut toffee it's very crispy um And it's gluten-free and we enrobe that in chocolate and then we put thick salted caramel on top of it followed by creamy coconut filling and then we enrobe it in a very luxurious 66% dark chocolate. Um, This particular chocolate comes from France or, or it's manufactured in France from cocoa beans, uh, a blend of cocoa beans from West Africa, and it is, um, it's, it's a very luxurious, I, I love coconut and chocolate. I know it's right. a polarizing flavor for many Americans, but I believe that the Coconut Dream Bar will convert many coconut haters into coconut fun. lovers.
1: Funny thing is, we had a, a conversation similar to this one with another chocolatier. Oh, it must have been quite quite a few months ago. And there, there's a favorite British chocolate bar called a Bounty.
3: Oh, sure, yes. And, a Bounty, and, yeah.
1: And, and Bounty, indeed, is shredded coconut. in Enrolled, in mm-hmm. as you call it, in the yes. most luxurious dark chocolate.
3: Yeah, yes. So this is inspired a little bit by the Bounty, but ours has um, caramel in it as well as the crisp cookie. So it's got a lot of really nice textures in it that you're not going to experience in a Bounty or in, um, say, in this country we have um, the Mounds Bar or the Almond Joy. Um, I was never really a fan of them growing up when I would go trick or treating for Halloween. But um our coconut dream bar um is maybe like a bounty but times one thousand.
1: Let's let, let's do this. Let's 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 close with the real drooler which is dark chocolate and inside of it is marshmallow and I think there's also some puffy in there too.
3: Um, yeah, um, our cloud nine, we we make a mini bar called the cloud nine. It has a marshmallow um, with salted caramel. I believe, um, in the United Kingdom, it's called toffee, I think. Uh Okay. Okay. What we call caramel is possibly called toffee um, in, um, in the UK. Um, and so it's salted caramel with vanilla bean marshmallow on top and then we enrobe it in our um, blend of uh, 66 percent dark chocolate and we um, finish it with um, some coarse sea salt and
1: uh, right 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 uh, do you know Fran and Fran Bigelow in in Seattle
3: yes I know um, yes uh, Fran's chocolates in Seattle yes
1: yeah, know, we first came across salted chocolate bars there. Yeah. But, yeah, but she we,
3: definitely we, played a role in making it popular. But
1: we, must, we must let you go back to making chocolate. Thank you so much for joining sure. us today.
3: Oh, thank and, you. Uh, oh, thank you.
1: Um, and
3: thank you for give the opportunity.
1: And, gi- and give, a, give our listeners the, your website so that people can know where to get more information and where to get some of their very own.
3: Yes, so our website is com, and chocolate is singular and uh, we look forward to getting your listeners our chocolate.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for, for the you. delightful information. And every time I go to northern Spain, I'll think of you and Tamara hot-footing oh, it all, yeah. the way, all the way from France to Santiago.
3: We'd love to go back. We would love to go back. Okay, okay well, well, have have a... what? Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Peter.
1: Well, Robin, that's another wrap.
0: One sweet finale. There you go. (laughs) And um, we'll
1: be back. Yeah, I ate all the chocolate, too. Yeah, (laughs) we will. We'll be back, same time, same place next week. Maybe a little savory, maybe not. Maybe a little liquid. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows what the shadow knows? Um, we, We... you're really sure we'll be in the same place, same time. We hope you will be too. And until then, bye-bye.